When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's get right into the Word today. We're in a series of teachings called Relationship Revolution. Everybody say that with me, Relationship Revolution. And so in this today, I want us to go another further. We've covered a lot of territory so far, but I want us to go another further today, and it's going to be good for us. Do me a favor. Look at that person next to you. Smile at them because maybe they've not had anybody smile at them uh, all week long. Just smile at them. Tell them, say, this is going to be good for you today. Tell them, tell them, tell them, this is going to be good for you today. Look at that other person. Tell them, say, God's going to speak to you today. Tell them he's going to speak to you today. Hallelujah. As you remain standing, lift our Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's there on the screen. You don't have a Bible, just lift your hand or your iPad or your iPhone, whatever you have. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This Word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I'm about to receive. Hallelujah. Today, actually, normally uh, I would give you a scripture here, but we're going to cover a few scriptures today. And so you can go ahead and be seated and we're going to get right into today's teaching. We are in a relationship revolution. Everybody say relationship revolution. Uh, That is a sudden, complete, and drastic change in the way we relate to one another. And throughout this series, while we've been talking about all relationships, today I want to focus particularly on dating and marriage. Everybody say dating and marriage. I I want us to get into this today because, uh, but but before we do that, just in case somebody thinks, well, uh, Bishop, you're not married, so how are you going to tell us about uh, marriage? Well, uh, let, let me help you understand something. At the time of this message, that's correct, but you need to understand a couple of things. Number one, the majority of scriptural guidance on marriage was written by unmarried men, including Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Uh, so principles that are biblical and spiritual in nature don't always necessarily require experiential knowledge. That's number one. But then secondly, I've counseled countless single and married people, and in 17 years, almost in a couple of months, I have not called it wrong, not once. And so uh, there's a track record here that there's a level of expertise in this area. So I just want to deal with that on the onset in case somebody's wondering. 
Uh, what gives me the right to speak to this particular issue? Well, I'm your pastor. That's what gives me the right to speak to this particular issue. But I wanted to cover that. Now, I, I want us to get into this teaching today. Somebody say relationship, revolution. Say it again. Say relationship, revolution. Now, now watch this. The statistics illustrate a narrative with a level of unprecedented profundity that tells us that we need a clear biblical roadmap or process for dating and marriage, which I'm going to lay out in today's message. Now watch this. 50% of first marriages end in divorce. That's half. One out of every two first marriages end in divorce. Listen, 67% of second marriages end in divorce and 73% of third marriages end in divorce. Now watch this. Those persons have the courage and the ability to admit that they had picked the wrong person. Now, here's what's very important for, for, for us to understand when we look at marital statistics. Those marital statistics aren't necessarily individuals that are failures. And oftentimes in relationships, people want to succeed so bad that they think that they have to make a relationship that's destined not to work work because they don't want to be deemed a failure. But the reality is, is these numbers, I believe, illustrate several things. Number one, that we need a relationship revolution. But secondly, I believe that these numbers demonstrate and illustrate to us that these individuals had the ability in many of those cases, not all, but in many of those cases, to admit that they picked the wrong person. See, a bad pick in dating and marriage doesn't always mean that the other person is bad. They're just a bad pick for you. See, see, I think uh, we can see this illustration uh, clearly laid out for us with, the, uh, with oil and vinegar. Now, oil and vinegar... When you put those two things together, they don't mix. The oil is on its own. The vinegar is on its own. But now when you shake them up, you can get a vinaigrette. But now watch this. It's only in turmoil that they're able to work. So now when you look at relationships, often people can't admit to a bad pick in dating and marriage because the other person isn't a bad person. Uh, but the truth is they don't bring out the best in them. I'm going to say it again so that we understand it. A bad pick in relationships doesn't necessarily mean that the other person is bad. Doesn't mean they're a liar. Doesn't mean they're abusive. Doesn't mean they're a cheater. Doesn't mean they're any of those negative things. It could just be that they're a bad pick for you. Uh, see, if the pick you've got in dating doesn't bring out the best in you, that's a bad pick. If the pick you've got in dating and marriage doesn't uh, uh, inspire you to be better, and not only inspire you, but then create the actions necessary in you to be better, then you might be dealing with a bad pick. Now, now, now watch this. I want you to hear me. Marriages rarely fail midway through. They, they rarely fail, fail midway through. You have some people sometimes who say, well, you know, we've been, we've been married and all of a sudden out of nowhere came this. That's very, very rare that that's actually true. That might be a person's perception of the facts and a person's perception of reality, but that's very rarely true. Marriages most often fail during the dating process. They, they fail up front. They fail during the dating process. And so when we look at this, Marriage is a magnifier. So sometimes God makes you uh, uh, deal with uh, what you've chose to ignore up front later on in the relationship. And so what we got to do today is lay out a biblical roadmap that causes us to date right so that we marry right. And, and, and watch this. Watch this. You don't break that process. That process will break you. Now, hear me, for every dating couple, even those married, if you didn't follow the process I'm getting ready to lay out, you're going to experience unnecessary drama in your marriage, period. Just your neighbor say, period. It's just, that's the way it's going to be. Matter of fact, just ask Anna Mae. Some of y'all know about Anna Mae Bullock. She 
became Tina Turner years later, but uh, she met this man, as the movie says, and illustrates her story. She meets this man named Ike Turner, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ike, uh, you know, decides to marry her. She's not really fully involved in it, according to the way the movie tells the narrative. And then all of a sudden, we see this illustration, or this demonstration, rather, to where they are now married, but they've not had any process. And so as a result of them not having any process, later on, the, the Ike that Ike always was begins to manifest. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Marriages that don't go through the appropriate process up front are going to experience unnecessary drama. And so what we got to do today is lay out a roadmap. Everybody say roadmap. All right, we got to lay out a process. Everybody say process. We got to lay out a roadmap. We got to lay out a process. Watch this so that we can avoid unnecessary drama later on. See, you're either going to pay up front or you're going to pay later on. Either way, you're going to have to pay that there is no such thing as a free lunch when it comes to successful relationships. So watch this. If you're dating a man, we, we, we're going to give you a roadmap. But watch this. If you're single, this is going to be the greatest message you could have uh, because it's going to give you the tools so that you can actually become complete within you. But, but, um, the issue many folks face is that when they stand in front of the altar, they are not really uh, two complete individuals that are coming together to complement one another. What they are are two uh, incomplete individuals that are hoping the other person they're standing across from is going to be able to complete them. The issue is, baby, whatever you are when you say, I do is only going to be magnified later on in the relationship, which means if you're a complainer now, you're going to be a greater complainer later. If you're a liar now, you're going to be a greater liar now. So the deal is, is that we've got to uh, get you complete within yourself if you're a single person so that you're going to be able to move in what God has ordained. So today's message is for everybody. It's for everyone's and it's for everyone's, whether you're single, dating or married. So I, I want to get right into it so that, that you can get some good meat out of this today. Say relationship revolution. Everybody say it again with me. Say relationship revolution. Now watch this. Watch this. Uh, I want to give you the roadmap or the process. Now, I, I taught a similar process in relationship revolution when we did it a few years back with six stages. But today I wanted to simplify it to make it a little bit more simple, a little bit more palatable, a little bit more easy for us to understand, a little bit easier for us to walk in. Uh, so stage zero. That's right. Stage zero. Because before you get to stage one, uh, stage zero is there. It's kind of like ground zero, ground level. You got to start at some point. And so stage zero is called preparation. Everybody say preparation. Say it again. Say preparation. All right. Now watch this. Most single people, hear me, this is going to be revelatory for you, aren't really single because in the realm of the spirit, they're still falsely married. So, so God can't send you what you prayed for because that would be wrong. Uh, uh, and, and so let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. I told you we're going to look at a few scriptures today. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 15 through about verse 20. Verses 15 through about verse 20. Uh, here's the point. Most single people really aren't single because in the realm of the spirit, they're still falsely married. So if you're praying for God to send you a godly spouse, if you're praying for God to send you, if you're a single woman, a godly man or vice versa, please understand this, that, that in, if in the realm of the spirit, you've still got a false marriage that exists, then the issue you're going to have is that God cannot answer that prayer because for him to answer that prayer would be him violating his own law. It would be him violating his own truth. Let me, let me show you in the scripture. Now, this is the apostle Paul talking, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 15. It says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ, your body, and make them members of a harlot or whore or someone, watch this, that has been dispersed? 
Look what he says. Certainly not. Verse 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? So, 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 so watch this. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Look at me, everybody. Every time, every time you engage in premarital sex, and yes, I got to talk about sex, baby. We got to talk about you. We got to talk about it today. Every time you do that, you have now made your body one with another individual. So now watch this. Uh, if you are one with another individual, that explains why. It is often very difficult for uh, single individuals to accomplish what it is they're trying to accomplish individually because they have become fragmented because they gave a piece of themselves to somebody else. And so now you're trying to move forward in life, but you don't even have all of you because all of you are still left in him and him and him and him and him or her and her and her and her and her. So you're fragmented. But look, it goes on. Look what he says. He says, verse 17, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Verse 18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does outside, excuse me, is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Look at verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? In other words, look at me. In other words, God says, Need you to understand, you, you are not your own. I bought you. I paid the price for you. And so while you are single, God says, and even once you're married, God says, I paid the price for you that nobody else was willing to pay for you. You, you don't just get to do with your body what you want to do with your body because you didn't pay for your body. When he hung and died on that tree called Calvary, he paid the price for us. But look at verse 20. For you were brought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Look at me. Every time uh, an individual engages in any type of pre-marital uh, sexual relations, what happens is, is that that person then is joining themselves to that person. So all three parts of your humanity are being joined together. Your body. Got it? Your soul, which is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. So maybe you've heard of the concept of a soul tie. It literally just means because now there has been a false spiritual ma uh, marriage created, it's false because it's not real. It's not been sanctioned. It's only been uh, put together by virtue of a physical means or a carnal means. But based on those physical or those carnal means, what you have now done is in the realm of the spirit created a false marriage. So watch this. You could be a single person that's saying, God, I really would like you to send me somebody. And God is saying, we can't even honor that request because you got seven false marriages already established. But today, touch your neighbor, say today. Yes, sir. Uh, but today, we're going to bust that up. And I'm going to get you, if you've got some of that going on in your life, the issue is that you can even be married but still have other previous things going on in your marriage and going on in your life because you got all of these false spiritual marriages that you've had. So I want everybody in here, everybody in here to say this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that today I can be free and I choose to be free from every ungodly soul tie, spirit tie, and flesh tie. In Jesus' name, somebody shout, I'm free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to believe this for yourself because watch this now. It's going to be very difficult if you're in the dating or courtship process for you to get to know somebody when the reality is, is that you still got many somebodies that are still joined to you. But when we just prayed that, that was over. Somebody shout, that was over. Say it again, shout, that was over. Now, now watch this, watch this. The stage zero, the stage zero is, is the time a person intentionally spends before getting into any type of dating relationship. 
When you are single, you have what's a gift from God. Let, let me show it to you. First Corinthians, we're just going to flip over to the next chapter. So here it is, the Apostle Paul, who is giving all of this relationship information, this relationship advice, these spiritual principles to help people better walk in what God has ordained for their life. And it was very necessary in the Corinthian church because the Corinthian church, they were very gifted, but they were very promiscuous. They were very gifted, uh, but, but they had a lot of issues. And, and their issues often uh, arose because the Corinthian church, while they were gifted and while they had a lot of great things going for them, uh, they did not know. How, they were very carnal. Let me say it that way. They were very, very carnal, which means everything with them was about their flesh and what felt good and all of this. And so, and so the Apostle Paul deals with a lot of relationship stuff. So in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 6, uh, we're talking about stage zero, preparation. And watch this, because uh, you might be thinking, well, I'm past this. I don't need to listen to this because I'm already married. But, but as we're going through this roadmap, this is going to help you to identify, especially if you've got a lot of marital issues and problems and things going on, it's going to help you identify where the cracks in your foundation began to arise. Because this process cannot be broken. The process will break you. So let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 7 and 6. It says, but this I say is a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were even as myself. Now, here he's talking about being single. He says, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. Verse 8, but I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. So Paul is discussing this gift of being single. And Paul says that this gift of being single is just that. It is a gift. Somebody say it's a gift. Now watch this. Uh, singleness is a gift to allow you to discover and create who you are. Uh, while you're single, stop rushing to try to get up in some kind of relationship because watch this. It is a gift to you to allow you to discover and create who you are. So you got to ask yourself this question. Are you a 7-Eleven or are you a Ruth's Chris? You got to ask yourself that question. Uh, the two serves their own purposes, but they have no business together. They, they have no business together. They, they have no business together. But singleness, it, it's a gift uh, to allow you to discover what you like, what you don't like. What can you tolerate? What won't you tolerate? What are going to be the deal breakers in a potential relationship? What, what do you offer to people besides baggage? Can I tell you that nobody wants to sit up and be in a relationship with somebody that has nothing but baggage? You got to bring something to the table. Nobody just wants to sit and be in a relationship with somebody that every day is an emotional breakdown. Every day is an issue. Every, every month is this. Every month is that. Every month is this. Every month is that. While you're single, you get the opportunity to deal with all of that. Because what we often do is we wait until somebody shows up and then we want to decide what we want. When what we should have did is pre-decided so that when individuals began to show up in our lives, we could automatically say, uh, I know this is what I'm looking for. I know this is not what I'm looking for. Because we spend way too much time uh, interviewing folk that the truth is they never should have even been invited to the job application process. Uh, because they, they never even possessed what it was that was necessary in the first place, uh, because the truth be told, you're on two different planets. They're on Pluto, you're on Earth. It just wouldn't work. So, so, so look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Singleness 
So it's a gift to allow you to discover and create who you are. Who you are is often not discovered, it's often created. The Bible is a book of decisions. People decided, and based on those decisions, they became. Uh, Abraham should have been an atheist that did not believe God and served many, or excuse me, not an atheist, but a polytheistic man, polytheos, serving many gods. That's what he should have been because that's what his father was, but God did something brand new in Abraham, just like God is wanting to do something brand new in you. See, you need to understand you are the curse breaker in your bloodline whether you want to be or not God says I sent you here to a place called harvest to discover exactly who you are and I need you to know I'm not going to settle for you being average I'm not going to settle for you doing things like everybody else in your bloodline has done them I want to do something fresh with you so watch this Abraham Abraham should have been a polytheistic crazy man. Uh, literally, his father's name, Terah, T-E-R-A-H, it meant a wild goat, a loiterer, an animal. It's interesting because how are you a wild animal and a loiterer at the same time? A loiterer is a person that sits around and waits and doesn't actually do anything. They always talk about what they're going to do, but they never actually do it. See, be, be, beware of folks that always have a big talk but don't have any walk to support the talk that they have. Uh, that's a whole other thing. But watch this. Abraham chose. Somebody say he chose. So when Abraham chose, watch this, he ended up creating what his future was going to be and, and not just sitting back and saying whatever life does. See, there's one or two kind of folk here at me today. You are either the kind of person where life is going to happen to you or you're going to happen to life. And I just think there's somebody in this place. I've said it a million times, but I think there's somebody in this place that says, I am not just going to sit back and let life happen to me. I'm going to happen to life. I am not only discovering who I am, but I am creating who I am. And I know I am a king and a priest and I am the head and not the tail and I am above and never beneath. Watch this. Singleness, it's a gift to allow you to discover and create who you are, but it's a gift to allow you to discover what you like, what you don't like, what can you tolerate, what can't you tolerate, what are the deal breakers in a relationship, what do you have to offer besides baggage. Please understand, just because you have a pulse doesn't mean you have something to offer. Just because you can talk doesn't mean you have something to offer. Uh, it's going to take more than that. It's going to take more than good looks to, to be able to have something to offer because them good looks will wear off. And after a while, them good looks won't necessarily always look as good as they originally look. So you're going to need some more. Now watch this. But, but, the, but the third thing singleness says, it's a gift that allows you to prepare yourself. To prepare yourself. Uh, you don't have to have 400 jacked up relationships to get to a 401st good one. Uh, you can prepare. There's a difference between preparation and experience. Experience is trial by fire. Preparation is trial by study. Uh, David had never fought a giant before, Goliath. He never fought a giant before, but he had fought a lion and a bear. So while David didn't have experience with giants, David did have preparation with giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have experience uh, 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 with dealing with giant obstacles, but he did have preparation dealing with obstacles. So when you're single, you get the opportunity to prepare. I say prepare. Now watch this. Uh, Esther 2 and 12. Let me show you this. Esther 2 and 12. I told you we're going to look at a few scriptures today. So if you have your Bible, that's fine. Just look at it there uh, on the screen. Esther 2 and 12. It says this. Each young woman's turn came to go in uh, to the king after she had completed 12 months of preparation. So, so watch this. Leave the scripture up for a minute. They had to, before they could go see the king, 
they had to prepare themselves for 12 months. Now, this is important, especially, let me talk to the single ladies for a minute, because if you're talking, I want a godly man, and I want a man that knows who he is and all that. Well, you need to understand, uh, kings require a different price to be paid uh, than the prince, and, and the prince requires a different price to be paid than the court jester, and the court jester requires a different price to be paid than the janitor. There's a different price that's got to be paid. Look, they waited 12 months and prepared, excuse me, 12 months before they went into the king, according to the regulations for the woman, for thus were the days of their preparation apportioned, six months with oil and myrrh, and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. All right, so everybody look at me. Watch this. Here's what happened. So, so, so for, for, for all of this time, for 12 months prior, uh, they spent their time preparing themselves to get ready to go see the king. Say preparation. All right? So check this out. If you say you're expecting God to do, let me take it out of relationships and just make it general. If you say you're expecting God to do great things in your life, where's your preparation? Where's your preparation? I often use this as an example. Uh, anybody in here won't be, you, would, you wouldn't mind being a millionaire. I'm not saying be materialistic, but if you could have a million bucks, anybody, you wouldn't mind. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the honest. Thank you. Come on. You know you want a million dollars if you can get a million dollars. Now watch this. If somebody gave you or you had an opportunity to earn or receive or what have you, a million dollars, please understand, and you said, God, I'm believing to be a millionaire, here's the issue. You can only keep $250,000 in, in an FDIC, a federally insured bank account. Which means if you really say you, you're believing God to be a millionaire, it's disingenuous of you to say that if you only have one bank account. Bishop, why? Because you can only insure up to 250000 the point I'm trying to make is this, is that preparation is an indication of your expectation. I'm going to say it again. Preparation is an indication of your expectation. Whatever you are preparing for is opening up now the realm of the heavens saying, I'm expecting this. So when you begin to prepare for God to do great things in your life, what you are doing is giving heaven the opportunity based on your expectation to meet that expectation. So watch this. Watch this. Your preparation as a single person determines the long-term success in marriage. If you did not prepare properly as a single person, uh, you're going to run into some issues because most marriages fail because of inadequate preparation by single individuals. That's why they fail, by inadequate preparation. Because what happens is, is you start trying to prepare after you've said, I do. And the issue is, is once you've said, I do, it's too late to try to prepare for what you've now already embarked upon. So let me give you some areas real practical that you can prepare in spiritually. Are you faithful to church? Are you faithful to serving? All right. That's important to have that worked out now because it's extremely important that at the end of the day, if, if you're, you know, wanting somebody that's godly, which is what I hope you want. If you want somebody that's godly, well, that's what godly people do. Consider this. Jesus, you know, you hear people say, you don't have to go to church to, 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 to have a relationship with God. Here's the issue with that is it presupposes that you get to deal with God on your own terms. The scripture says that Jesus went to church as was his custom. Now, check this out. What can any preacher teach God about himself? <laughs> what can any preacher teach God about himself? But Jesus Christ, the Theanthropos, I feel it right here, the God-man, so much God you can't believe he's man, so much man you can't believe he's God. He made sure that he got to church every Sabbath. As a Hebrew, that would be Erev Shabbat, Friday night, 
going to sundown approximately 6 p.m. on Saturday night. He made sure he was in synagogue. He made sure he was in church is what it would be for you and I today. He made sure he was in church every single time that he was able to be there. So if God went to church, I, I just got one question. Who in the heaven are we to think that we don't have to? Watch this now. Watch this. So prepare these areas spiritually. Everybody say spiritually. All right. Next, emotionally. All right. Unpack your baggage and deal with it. All right. If you can't talk, because no, no, some people don't think they have baggage. And we talked about this a little early in Relationship Revolution. Because as we go through life, baggage builds up if we don't deal with it. And, 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 and let me give you a little tip to help you understand if you got some baggage you still need to deal with. If you can't talk about it, or you still get emotionally and overly emotional over it, it's probably still baggage. And while you're single, you have a great opportunity to unpack and deal with that baggage. Now, does that to say that every single piece of baggage that you have is going to be dealt with? The reality is, maybe not every single piece, but my God, don't go with a whole 18-piece collection of luggage. Don't nobody want to unpack all of that? Don't nobody want to deal with all that? So watch this. Third thing, your personal hygiene and your physical appearance. Duh. All right. And that scripture in Esther, the scripture says that they prepared themselves physically. But put it up one more time for me. Esther 2 and 12. It says that they, they, uh, they, they sat for, for six months with oil and myrrh to prepare their skin. They did all that just so that they had silky smooth skin. <laughs> and then six months with perfumes and preparations, beautifying the women. All right. So, so while you're single, this gives you a great opportunity to, to work on your personal hygiene and your own personal appearance, all right? A lot of times Christians, you know, and I've said this before in the series, you got to be realistic. At the end of the day, you know, if you're talking about dating and marriage, you want to be dating and marrying somebody that you're physically drawn to. It's just that simple. And so at the end of the day, you know, you got to take the appropriate steps to, to do that preparation. Next, financially. That means live within your means and maintain good credit. If you got some flawed credit, hey, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things, finances that probably weren't wise. We've all done that. So if you got some messed up credit, fix it. Don't wait until you're talking about we've been getting married, and now all of a sudden now you're trying to fix it. You, this, that sing, your gift of singleness is your opportunity to begin to do that. And then next, integrity. Uh, integrity. Work on your t integrity. Prepare your integrity. Begin to fix flaws that even you wouldn't want. All right. While you're single, you get to fix your flaws and you get to fix them in a way to where uh, uh, you, you, you get an opportunity to sort of uh, have your deal with your mess. But you, di you didn't bring anybody else into your mess to deal with your mess. All right. So so stage zero, stage zero, like ground level is preparation. All right. Now, if, if you're already, you know, in, a, in married and you realize, man, I didn't, I didn't really prepare well, uh, all right, so then that tells you there's some areas that you need to go and evaluate and you need to go look at on what you can do in your current scenario, all right? Stage one is called pre-dating. Stage one is pre-dating. Everybody say pre-dating, all right? Now, watch this. This means get to know people without any sexual or overly emotional attachments, Get to know people without any sexual or overly emotional uh, attachments. This is so important because as we've already discovered, premarital sex is a trap. It's a trap, all right, because it will make you believe what is not true simply because you have created an emotional connection. And so in the stages of pre-dating, as a believer, as a Christian, in the stages of pre-dating, you get an opportunity to get to know them with just to know them. All right. So to, 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 to not know the accoutrements of them, but to know them. Now watch this. Um, ask lots of questions. 
and listen to their answers. And when you don't understand their answer, ask for clarity. You need to make sure that you're not being used by somebody to provoke somebody from the past or just to help somebody get over their loneliness. Got it? Because the moment they get over their loneliness, then they're going to begin to realize, you know, truth is, is maybe they don't even like you, but, but you were just simply uh, what they needed to help get them over their loneliness. So, so you got to ask lots of questions, which means... It's important. It may sometimes even seem like it's a bit uh, inter- uh, interrogative in nature. Now, you're asking a lot of questions, asking all them questions, asking all them questions. But you need to ask all them questions because at the end of the day, uh, you're talking about uh, the, the getting with somebody for the remainder of your life. So if you're talking about being with somebody for the remainder of their life, it's important to ask some questions. Got it? Now, watch this. Uh, when you don't find what you're looking for in the pre-dating stage, you're just getting to know them. Just getting to know them. When you don't find what you're looking for, that's your answer. I'm going to say it again. That's your answer. Don't settle. Don't settle. Touch the say don't settle. All right? All right? Settling is very easy, especially if you've had a lot of failed relationships in the past. You'll think, well, he ain't so bad because at least he ain't locked up. Listen, that's the wrong criteria to have. All right? Well, he ain't that bad. He don't beat me. He ain't supposed to be beat. That ain't how it's supposed to work. No. That's the wrong criteria to have. She ain't that bad. She ain't got, you know, this and that. No, 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 no. In the stages of predating, you're getting to know, and you do not have to settle. You do not have to settle. Um, now, now, watch this. That doesn't mean you're looking for perfection, because you can't look for what you are not. <laughs> you, you cannot expect what you don't have the ability to give. But hear me. While you can't expect perfection, watch this, don't buy a Hugo if you really wanted a Mercedes. Don't buy a Hoopty if you really wanted a BMW. Got it? Because the rest of your life, you're going to be sitting there saying, why did I buy this hoopty when I should have waited on? Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Watch this. Watch this. But you need to know that a Hugo is cheaper than a BMW, and a BMW requires a higher price to pay. And I'm not telling you to be materialistic. What I'm telling you is to be realistic. If you get a person down here, you're going to say, it's, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy. It's so easy because they're cheap. Mm-hmm. And cheap stuff should be easy. But if you really say you want somebody of quality, in your life, it's going to require a different price to be paid. You got to pay that price. All right? So, so, so don't settle. Somebody say, don't settle. All right, watch this. Matthew 7, 6. Matthew 7, 6. We're talking about pre-dating. So this isn't even dating. This ain't even you going steady. <laughs> this is, uh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> watch this. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy. Now, the word holy means distinct. Do not give what is distinct to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before the pigs or the swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you into pieces. Look at me. Look at me. During the stages of pre-dating, you're going to find out whether or not you're dealing with a dog or a pig or neither. Got it? The scripture says don't give what's distinct to the dog. You know why it says that? Because a dog doesn't even recognize when something good has been given to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, watch this. A pig doesn't even recognize what a pearl looks like. And the reason sometimes you get frustrated, not just in dating and marital relationships, but 
even in friendships and acquaintances and etc. The reason you get frustrated is because you're sitting here giving pearls and you're sitting here giving holy distinct stuff. You're giving people your best, but they don't even have an appreciation for your best because they don't even know what your best is. You're sitting here giving people great conversation, but they don't have an appreciation for it because they've never experienced great conversation. So when you give what's holy or distinct to somebody that can't even perceive what it is, Got it? If you were to give a two-year-old uh, a, a gold bracelet, they don't know that it's gold. They're going to treat it just like it's anything else. Why? Because they can't perceive the value of what they've been given. And if you're a person of value, you, you're going to have to ensure that whoever you're predating is a person that recognizes value. Because if I'm valuable, but you don't recognize valuable, so what? Watch this. Watch this. Now, during the pre-dating stages, you, you're going you're gonna, you, you're gonna to experience some red flags. Everybody say red flags. You're going to experience some red flags. Got it. And, and these red flags, watch this. These red flags, red flag just means stop and slow down. Say it with me. Stop and slow down. Say it again. Come on, Harvard. Say it again. Stop and slow down. Now, watch this. There is no such thing as the perfect person, nor is there such thing, let me go on and deal with this, as the one. Now, I, I know I'm, I'm going to mess up some, some folks, some folks' bad theology because you said that's the one, that is the one. That ain't Bible. No, that ain't Bible. There, there's no such thing as the one. Uh, let me explain to you why there isn't such thing as one. Let's follow the logic. If, if there's a such thing as the one, and that is the one for me, all right, which is basically saying that out of the 7 billion people on the planet, there's no other compatible fit or compatible match. Got it? Um, here's the issue with that is that if, if I'm just going to make some random names, all right? So just if this is your name, don't get offended. I'm just using random names. If Susie is supposed to marry the one, John, got it? But Susie goes and marries Keith, then that means John is going to marry Holly, which means everybody in the entire world is going to be thrown off because nobody married right. Got it? So the issue with this logic of the one is that if you follow that logic all the way through, then that would mean that everybody, uh, if one person makes a bad decision, they have the potential to throw off the equilibrium for everybody. So there's not such thing as the one. The logic doesn't work. What there is is the right fit. What there is is the right fit. Adam, when Eve was taken out of him, he looked and said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. In other words, he said, this is a puzzle and she fits. Uh -huh. This is a puzzle and she fits. This is the right fit. This is the right puzzle piece. This is the right connection. And so in all that, people are saying, there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as one. But if you see these things in the pre-dating stage, you should consider these things, I'm going to give them to you, as warning signs. And you should probably think very hard and, and spend a lot of time before you move into the official dating stage if you begin to see these things. Because these are red flags and these issues must be addressed. Let me also say this before I go to them. If you're already married and you see these red flags, these are still issues that must be addressed. Here's the first one. They are rebellious to authority figures. Their boss, their pastor, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, their supervisor. Right. If they're rebellious to people in authority, that means they will also rebel against God's word concerning you. So then watch this. It, watch this. If the scripture says, wives, submit to your own husband as unto the Lord, then if they, if they rebel against authority figures already in place, please understand they show not going to hear you. Got it? If, 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 if husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, 
If they rebel against authority figures, rebel, meaning to willfully go against what is the established order of protocol. If they rebel against an authority figure, you got to know that that's a red flag. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. And if you sit next to somebody who, uh, who you know, you're like, oh, my God, this red flag is all over them. Just keep looking straight ahead. Don't embarrass them. Make them feel all, all right. We just all working together. We having a relationship revolution together. Matter of fact, touch your neighbor and say, we in this together. Tell them, tell them. We are in this together. Yes, sir. Now, watch this. Uh, here's, here's a red flag. Uh, I know I have issues, but they're going to get better once we're married. Uh, red flag. Stop. Stop. Look and listen. Stop. Got it? Nothing. Marriage is a magnifier. Whatever you allow in the pre-dating phase is going to magnify in the dating phase, and it's going to be full-grown in the marital phase. Got it? Nothing's going to get better. Everything is just good. Whatever exists is going to amplify once you get married. Next thing. All right? All right? All right? Okay, here we go. I know this is kind of popular now and all that. If you only know them online. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, if you only know them online, if if your relationship with them is Facebook, you just got to make sure you ain't getting no fish, you understand, catfished and and trouted and 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 sharked and all the rest of it. All right. If you only know them online, you don't know them. <laughs> all right. You don't know them. All right. Next, we're talking about red flags. If you have to convince yourself of why you should be with them, that's a red flag. If you got to sit up and convince yourself on why you should be with them, that's a red flag. Matter of fact, you can even sometimes, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you. You can even sometimes see people who are trying to convince themselves of who they need to be with because they're always announcing, they're always announcing their love to others when it's not the issue of discussion. I'm going to say it to you again. You can always tell uh, individuals who are trying to convince themselves of, of something because, watch this, they're always announcing their love to others when it's not the issue of discussion. So they're answering a question that they've asked themselves, but they answer the question audibly. Uh, let me give you an example. I really love my wife. Okay, man, we're talking about pizza. But why in the world are you bringing up something that has nothing to do with the discussion that we're having? Because you are trying to convince yourself of an internal deliberation that you've been having that has now made it out of your mouth and made it out of your mind. You're trying to convince yourself. Yeah, my husband is so incredible. Girl, we're talking about the game. Why in the world are you sitting up here talking about that? They're trying to convince themselves. So you can sometimes see people trying to do this. They're trying to convince themselves about something because they're bringing up issues that have nothing to do with the topic of discussion. All right? All right? Let me give you, let me give you some more. These are red flags during the predating process. And remember, even if you're married or even in the dating process now, these are things that, that are red flags that you need to stop and pay attention to. All right? If you enjoy their absence more than their presence, that's a red flag. If you can't wait for them to go, that's probably a red flag. Got it? If you have to drag them to church, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. All right? Uh, if, if they lie to you, watch this, or to somebody in authority, got it? Uh, the, the, the scripture paints a real interesting picture. Uh, the Bible says, how can you love your God who you can see uh, uh, and say that you love your God who you can see, but have hatred or strong aversion toward your brother who you can see. Now, it's a powerful principle. And laid in that principle is this, is how in the world can you say uh, that I, I, uh, I, 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 I love you who is horizontal to me, who, who is here with me, but, 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 let me, matter of fact, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. How can you say, 
Um, I'm going to lie up, but I'm going to tell the truth ver- uh, horizontally. Okay? How, how are you going to be able to do that? Go ahead and throw the scripture up. 1 John 4.20. Someone says, I love God and hate his brother. He's a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he's not seen? So the principle is there is if you can't do it to what is above you, you're not going to be able to do it to what is equal to you. All right? Uh, here's another red flag. They pout every time they don't get their way. If they pout every time they don't get their way, that's a red flag. Because what you're going to do is you're going to get in a relationship with a child and you're going to spend the rest of your life raising somebody. All right? Watch this. If they gossip, if they gossip, you need to know. If they'll gossip to you, you need to know that the moment you're not with them, they are talking to everybody and to anybody about you. Got it? Here's another red flag. They're lazy and unmotivated. They're lazy and unmotivated. Got it? If you got to tell them, why don't you get up and do something? Okay, red flag, red flag, red flag. Watch this. If they don't finish anything, they start. That's a red flag. Because why, why do you think you're going to be the one thing they finish? Why do you think you're going to be the one thing they see all the way through? If they don't finish what they start, that's a red flag. If they're needy, if they're needy, got it? If they're needy. Got it? I sent you a text 30 seconds ago and you didn't respond. Let, let me tell you something. Ladies, let me help you understand something, ladies. If, 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 if who you calling yourself interested in, single ladies, uh, and even married folk, if who you call yourself interested in can respond that fast all the time, that means the job he doing ain't that important. Please understand, busy and accomplished understands busy and accomplished. Somebody handling their business understands somebody else handling their business. Got it? couple more red flags. If they're in debt with no plan to get out. If they're in debt with no plan to get out. Now, we all, again, through life, we all build up debts and all that kind of thing. But it's so important because what you'll discover is in the marital statistics, bankruptcy and divorce are normally right there together. They're normally right there, right next to one another. So it's important up front that if somebody's got a boatload of debt, they need to have a plan on how they're going to get out of it. Last, last red flag, and there's tons more, but just for the sake of the message today, uh, the last red flag, if they have a bad attitude. If they have a bad attitude, that, that's a red flag. What you think, it's going to get better? Well, Bishop, I've been praying for him. Please understand, that's nice, but, but there's some things you pray away, there's some things you put away. Paul said it like this. Paul said, when I was a man, uh, or excuse me, when I was a child, rather, I spoke as a child. I ate as a child. I acted as a child. I was childish. But Paul said, but when I became a man, in other words, being a male is by birth, but being a man is by choice. Being a female is by birth, but being a woman is by choice. He says, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Notice, he did not say that he prayed away childish things. It says that he put away childish things. Watch this, which means there, there's some stuff if, if when it comes to attitudes and, and dispositions and behaviors. There's some stuff that I don't pray away. It's some stuff I just put away. It's some stuff you're just going to have to just decide I'm growing up out of that. I'm not going to get an attitude with everybody. I'm not going to have a chip on my shoulder all the time. There's some stuff you just have to put away. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So those are red flags. If you see those red flags, that means stop, look, listen, pay attention. And it may also be an indication that, you know what, this just is not, this ain't the right puzzle piece. This is not the right puzzle piece. Doesn't mean you're bad. It just means that you're a bad pick for me. Now, once you identify uh, one person you want to focus your attention on, you move to stage two. So while it's number is stage two, it's really stage three. Because stage zero, preparation. Stage one, predating. Uh, stage two, dating. Now, 
Dating has a few phases in it, and, uh, and, and we're going to get to these fairly quickly. All right, are you learning something today? Are you learning something today? Are you growing today? Now, remember, even if you're married already, you know, don't look at a message like this and say, well, it's too late for me now. See, that's the problem. Too many Christians are sitting up in bondage. The Scripture says what God has put together, let no man put asunder, which means if God didn't have nothing to do with the origination of a thing and with the genesis of a thing and with the putting together of a thing, don't expect him to get involved on the back end of the thing. All right? All right, so, so we got to use these tools. The point of me saying that is we have to use these tools uh, in our life. Now, look at this. Uh, stage two is called what? Dating. Everybody say it with me? Dating, all right? Now, uh, it's got a few phases. Here's the first phase of dating. First phase of dating is the infatuation or the ecstasy phase. Uh, it's typically the first 90 to 180 days. And hear me, don't make permanent decisions from that place. Bishop, why? Because that's a temporary place. The infatuation, and literally uh, in psychology, the doctors say that in this first 90 to 180 days or so, and again, it depends, but in that range, that literally your mind does not possess the ability to properly be a difference engine. Meaning, watch this, this is the stage of initial and continual attraction based on many physical and external traits. And often that attraction is fueled by the realization that somebody else is attracted to you and desires you. Sometimes what you're attracted to is the fact that somebody else is attracted to you. And so it fuels it. Red flags, all those things we talk about, are hardly noticed. And if so, they are suppressed and they are dismissed. The fake love or extreme like that is often felt by both individuals during this time. Notice I said fake love. I'm going to tell you why I said that. It's based on feelings, not decision. Got it? So love is not an emotion. Love is a decision that produces emotions. Love is not, uh, uh, is not tears, uh, but love can produce tears. Love is not somebody saying, I love you. Uh, love is a decision. Say it's a decision. Say it again. Say it's a decision. All right? So watch this. It can't be anything more because the truth is you don't really know all of them yet. And, 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 and what you call love hasn't really been tested. So if it hasn't been tested, that means it can't be trusted. So, so please understand, uh, you cannot trust what, what you cannot test. And until it's tested, it's, it's, very, it's very unwise to trust it. So in all of that, please understand uh, that the first 90 to 180 days is the infatuation or ecstasy stage. Then after that, you get into what's called, uh, or phase, excuse me, not stage, phase. Then you get to what's called the illumination phase. And this is typically between three to six months into dating. Now, now that the new car smell is worn off, it is a time of finding out that although you may be, still be attracted to one another, you start to pay attention to weaknesses and flaws in each other. And during this time, it's a great time to find out what those who know you best say about them. And this is very important. Now, in today's culture, a lot of you got a lot of you know uh, uh, us against the world kind of thing, and you know uh, Bonnie and Clyde versus everybody else, uh, Beyonce and Jay Z versus everybody, all is here. But what you need to understand is this: what you need to understand is this. I'm not saying that against them, but I'm saying is this: is that hear me? Uh, it's very important that you find out what those who know you best say about whoever it is you're in, you're dating. What is trusted family? Not everybody, because some of your family, truth be told, are just crazy. All right. That's why you're the curse breaker, because some of them just got some stuff, got to be broke. All right? But trusted family, trusted friends, not all of them, because some of them just, just, no, not all of them, but the trusted ones, the ones that you know are going to tell you the truth. 
the ones that you know are going to tell you the truth, even if the truth isn't convenient to tell you. See, a real friend is a friend that will tell you the truth and not care that it might cost your friendship. That's a real friend. All right. Next. Uh, uh, what does your pastor say? This is so important. This is so important. I used to teach when we did, um, and this continue to do, we, we used to do daddy's girls. This is our way of raising up uh, spiritual daughters. And, and we did something called Middle on the Road to Is Raising Up Spiritual Sons. And we'll do continual things like that. But that's what we call it in those days. And we do things like that already. But in those days, and I used to emphasize this principle uh, a lot. And let me go ahead and take the opportunity to do that again. Uh, please understand, as a single person, you're covered by your pastor. As a married couple, you're covered by your pastor. Got it? And here's what you need to understand. Say covered. All right. Now, if you're covered, understand this, then what happens is, is if somebody is coming in, particularly for single ladies, if a man's coming in saying he wants to now take the responsibility of covering you, it'd be a good idea for, for your covering to validate this new supplement that wants to come in and join the show. All right? It's very, very important because I, I can't tell you how many people... Please don't say, if you got to, if, let me just say, like, I'm going to just say it, all right? I'm just going to say it, okay? If, if, if you're ashamed or scared to bring somebody to meet your pastor, that's your answer. Your answer is, it's already messed up. It's already jacked up. If you ever say, I was just scared, what are you going to say? Well, that tells you, you already know something's wrong with it. You already know something's going on with it, that you would not go to who you say is the spiritual leader in your life, that you would not go to that individual and say, listen, uh, here they go. What you, what you say? What you think? It's very, very important. Very, very important. Because contrary to popular belief, it, it, it would not just be you that they'd be marrying. Got it? Please understand, when you talk about marriage, you, you are talking about literally you are talking about the joining together of a family, of, of baggage, of, of, of thoughts, of emotions, of all of that. And so it's very important because it's not just a decision that involves and affects, affects you. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily allow, uh, 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 you know, one person, you know, uh, oh, let me say it like this. It doesn't necessarily mean that you allow uh, an individual who is just mad at the world to, to end up affecting something you got going on. At the same time, it does mean that, that, you, that you don't ignore everything they say in the name of you just don't want me to be happy. Don't ignore everything that they say in the name of that. Now, during this time, it, it, it's good for the relationship to get chromatic. Chromatic. Chromatic is a word. It's in the Harvest Dictionary. We made it up. That means creepy and romantic. <laughs> this is what he means, creepy and romantic. Well, I says, uh, at this time, it, and really you can do it before this too, but you know this would be the latest time you'd want to do it in, in the process of dating and marriage. You need to know their credit, and you need to see it. Don't just let them tell you, I got a couple bills. No, you need to say, print it out. All three bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. I need to see it. Got it? Because here's the deal. Th there can be real live tax consequences that you can take on when you marry somebody. There can be debt consequences. There can be civil consequences as it relates to litigation, lawsuits, etc. There can be all kinds of things that you can get caught up in. So you need to know what their credit looks like. You need to know. Now, I says, in addition to that, you need to know. I'm going to say this. I got to say it in church because somebody's got to tell us how to do it. You, you need to know a person's STD status. Now, I think they call them STIs. You need to know that status. You need to know what's going on with that person. Got it? And don't just say, oh, I went to the doctor, everything's cool. No, I'm going to need to see that report. I'm going to need to see that. All right? Please understand. 
HIV and AIDS and all these things, they're running rampant through, 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 through particularly younger people, et cetera, et cetera. And so in all that, it's very important that, that you need to know what that looks like. Don't just take somebody's word for it because they, they, look, they look good. Please understand, you, you can walk away with, you know, just you need to check it out. Touch them and say, amen. Just tell them, touch them, say amen, amen. Watch this. You need to know their family situations. If, if there are children involved, you need to know about the children's mothers, the children's fathers. What are those relationships? What, what's going on? How, how did those relationships work? How is that going to work if you all were to get married? Uh, how, how would all of that work? Who, who, you, know, you need to know all of these things. And it's important to know these things on the front end versus uh, uh, on the back end. All right? Please understand, uh, you're marrying that person sitting next to you. They may look 22, 32, 42, 52, 62, 72, 82, 92, 102, whatever. But you need to understand that person is carrying three to four generations of generational baggage, of generational stuff that's built up. So watch this. Since you're marrying 400 or would be potentially marrying 400 years of baggage, only a fool would rush in. Because whatever you allow during the dating stage only gets bigger later on. All right. So we're almost through. In the dating uh, stage, first phase is infatuation or ecstasy. The next one is illumination. The next one is evaluation. All right. All right. So let's deal with evaluation. Evaluation phase is typically 12 to 24 months into the dating stage. But now, please understand, you can cut it off any time before, but it's typically in that process. Now, watch this. This is the stage of serious evaluation. When one becomes, uh, uh, begins to seriously, excuse me, evaluate the differences and determine if the relationship is worth the differences you both work in that, recognize. This takes careful observation and deliberation. Observation and deliberation. This is, think about it. You'll spend hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months and months and months and months, and months uh, deliberating over a house, over a car, over a job, over this, over that. So it's extremely important that you do the same thing, if not more, when you're talking about a relationship. All right? It can be true that sometimes love can act like it's blind, but love does not have to be stupid. Mm-hmm. The differences not so obvious in the earlier stages now may become larger. And you are both faced with the need to adjust in many areas. And the issues that need resolution may possibly be many. If you follow the process, it probably won't be that much. And there's going to have to be a realization that there's some things that are not going to change that must be accepted. Got it? If you deal with these things now, you have the opportunity to make an informed decision. Because what you don't want to do is get married to an individual and then later on say, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I, man, I, uh, man, I, you know, I, I need them to change. Well, you had the ability to know all of this stuff up front. So look at this. Look at this. Uh, you need to ask yourself these questions. Uh, in this stage, the evaluation phase of dating, can you live with their differences? Can you live with that? And can you accept that for, for the remainder of time? Can you live with them and expect them not to change? Can you live with them and expect them not to change? Got it? If you do choose to change your opinion or attitude to become more compatible with theirs, will you be able to sustain that change permanently? Or will you grow to resent the feeling because then you'll start thinking, I was, they forced me to change? All right? Say evaluation. Say it again. 
All right? This evaluation stage is very, very important. Got it? Now, during this, I just got to say some things point blank because I get asked these questions, uh, this particular question a lot. You should not live together, Christians. You shouldn't live together. All right? Now, is there, in the old days, the old church used to call that shacking up. All right? So, <laughs> so you, shouldn't, you shouldn't shack up. Now, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Um, number one, you will begin to act as if you've already graduated to a stage that you've not. All right? But then number two, obviously, there's going to be the potential for physical temptation. But then number three, what you're also doing, the scripture says that we should flee the very appearance of evil. And so uh, it, it is very good. I get asked this question a lot, so I wanted to address it across the pulpit in a message. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's not the way to approach that. And again, we've already talked about treating premarital sex like it is the plague because it's a trap. Because again, it's going to create a false union that is going to make you act as if something is already as if it is and it is not. All right? All right. Now, uh, uh, that's stage two. So stage zero is, come on, Harvest. Stage zero is, uh-huh, preparation. Stage one is predating. Stage two is dating. Here it is. Stage three. You ready for stage three? Let's make a deal. That's stage three. Let's make a deal. If you can get through the evaluation stage and you say, I'm totally fine with who this person is, with all of their flaws, all of their issues, all their nuances, all their proclivities, I'm fine with that. And I don't expect any change. And watch this. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to complain about it. Let's make a deal. This, this stage is when a couple settles into the relationship and begins resolving conflicts for the long haul. This is the time of decisional love, not just emotional or romantic love. And it's important. Going through at least four seasons, summer, uh, summer, fall, winter, spring, allows a couple to observe and evaluate each other through many different situations, circumstance, circumstances, emotional challenges, and absences from each other. Each person is now intent on what they can bring to the relationship and give to the other, not what they can receive from the relationship and get from the other. This is the ideal time for an engagement to occur. If it occurs before this stage, it's premature and the relationship is being set up to, to not succeed. This stage of let's make a deal, as we've called it, continues throughout life. It's called marriage. It's called marriage. It's called marriage. Now, watch this. A couple of things, because remember, there's a message for single, dating, married. Got it? If you got issues, if you're currently married or you're currently dating someone that you desire to go to this third stage of let's make a deal, uh, get help. Got it? You got some marital issues? Get help. The church, your church offers relationship coaching to help navigate you through all of the different things that you're going to experience in relationships. And so uh, if you've got that kind of scenario going on, guess what? You need to get you some help, get you some teaching. Please understand, uh, 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 the, the problems that you're dealing with are often created on the level of intellect and the level of spirituality that you have. So oftentimes you're going to need a third party with a different level of intellect and a different level of spirituality that can help you correct the problems that have been created, all right? So, th so this is crucial. This is important. This is important. This is important. If you're currently married and you have some issues, get some coaching. Just say, I'm just going to pray about it and pray about it. Praying is good, but there's nothing wrong with getting you some help if you need that. Got it? If you're currently dating someone and you're thinking to yourself, okay, we got some issues already, get you some help. If you're currently single, you just got your instructions, 
Got it? You just got the instructions of what you need to do. If you're married and everything is wonderful, couldn't be better, praise Jesus. Amen. But you don't have to go around announcing that to people because you're going to tell all of us that you really got a lot of issues that you're trying to convince yourself that you don't have. All right? If, you're, if your marriage is great, let it speak for itself. You don't have to go around, you know, being trying to be a guru of something. Because what I've often discovered, and I've seen this happen over and over and over again, over 17 years a ministry, eight years since we planted Harvest and senior pastor. I've seen it happen over and over again where these couples get real arrogant about their relationship and who this and who this. And then I've seen those marriages just fail, tank, go down to the tubes uh, uh, of nothing because they, they begin to get very arrogant about it, not realizing that they just hadn't faced a strong enough storm. Relationships will face storms. And if you get real arrogant about your relationship, you may face a storm that's, that's, that's a level that, that, that what you thought you have can't survive. So if you're married and you're happy and everything is wonderful, praise God. Pray for those that are not. And pray continue, that you would continue to strengthen your foundation, which we talked about last week. Amen. Did we learn something today, everybody? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.